Lord, we come into your presence with a grateful heart, with a heart of thankfulness, with a heart of love, a heart of adoration. Lord Jesus, we just come into your presence this morning. So thank you. So thank you. So thankful for the Lord, so thankful for Sister Chris for 14 years that she led worship. She put up with me. She should get a medal for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't have one. But really, you know, sometimes our personal life and, and affairs that we have to deal with get in the way uh, of what we want to do. So we just continue to pray, support her, pray for her. She's part of this family. Always. She'll always be part of this always. family. Always. You know, I look forward to the day she's up here singing again. But for right now, you know, when Delilah cut Samson's hair, they thought that was the end, but that wasn't the end of Samson's story. And when Peter denied Christ three times, that wasn't the end of Peter's story. What you're going through today, it's not the end of your story either, Chris. It's not the end of your story. God has so much more for you. So we pray for you. We bless you. And we're just going to love on you. Amen to that. Amen. Amen. You know, we're going to continue with this thankful for the awesome God because it's that time of year. And, you know, last week we discussed God being a personal spirit. We learned that God was infinite, that God was self-sufficient, that God is eternal, that God is self-existent. God is ever-present. He is always with me, and God knows everything. He knows every thought that you're going to have in your entire life. He sees it all at one time. You can hide nothing from him. Nothing. And because of this, I go to God with all my questions. I go to God with all my concerns. God is a sovereign God. James 1 says in verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally, without reproach, and it will be given to him. Just go to God and ask for his wisdom. Ask him to guide you through whatever it is that you're seeking, whatever knowledge, whatever wisdom, whatever answers you're looking for, God will give them to you. But you must go to him, it says, and ask him in faith. 
without doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven back and forth, tossed by the wind. If you go to God in faith, totally trusting, and you may not like what God tells you. I mean, there's many times I've gone to God and asked for things, and God has just, you know, said, no, that's not the way it's going to happen. And I've been disappointed. I've wanted it to go the way I wanted it to go. But God said, no, it's got to be this way. But because God is sovereign, I submit to his will. I'll joyfully submit to him because I know he's never changing. In Daniel 4, it says, all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in an army of heaven. And among all the inhabitants of the earth, no one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? Because God is sovereign. He's going to do exactly what God does. Amen. He's going to do exactly what God does. There is, there is no other authority higher than God in all of creation. Our God possesses the great ability to be in absolute control of everything. He controls everything. If he controls the air you breathe, he controls the air of the people that don't believe in him. But they're still alive. He's still giving them air. He is all powerful. No one can force God to do anything against his will. We may try, but no one can do that. He is present everywhere. So no one can hide or escape from him. He is all-knowing. So there is nothing that he's unaware of. He knows today how I feel in my heart. He knows today how you feel. He knows today what you were thinking when you woke up. He knows what thoughts were on your mind last night. He knows what you're going to do in three weeks. He knows. You may not even know yet, but he knows what you're going to do. God commands all the forces of nature, and they, he uses them to achieve his divine purposes. He establishes the scientific laws. He regulates the universe, and he has rule over all its effects. This is the awesome God that we serve. This is why we're thankful for God. Even Satan and his legions of evil spirits can only operate within the limits that God gives them. I mean, God, we have spiritual warfare. We've all been attacked by the enemy that are getting closer to God. Some of us more recently than I, but none of us can escape that. And God sometimes will allow us to be attacked because he wants to see how we react. Mm -hmm. He wants to see how strong we are. Amen. 
Job is the strongest person I've ever written about. I mean, he was spiritually attacked like no other, yet he never denied God. But I've, had, I've been attacked. I've, I've had incidences where the enemy has attacked me, where the enemy has caused me to go and do things I shouldn't have done. I remember a few weeks ago, I went off on a little rant in here. I mean, that wasn't really what was in my heart. It was just something I don't even know what was said. But it wasn't controlled by me. So the enemy is very much alive. And none of us are safe. We have to be prayed up. We have to keep ourselves in a position where we're surrounded with the full armor of God. That's why Paul tells us to put it on every day. Clothe yourself in Christ. Put on the full armor of God. Why? Because we all need it. He doesn't just tell us to do it because he felt like writing it down in Scripture. No. He wants us to know these things. God is sovereign. He directs people. Amen. God has a plan for each and every one of you. And if you follow it, it is going to be something awesome. Something more than you could ever believe or accept. But will it always be what you want? No. It'll be what God wants. You just have to submit to his will. Be encouraged by a loving God. Know that he loves you. Know that he's sovereign. He can direct your life. He can direct my life better than I can. I know that. I've seen the mess I've made with it. I had several years I wasn't working with God and walking with God, and it didn't work out all that great for me. A lot of my friends are dead. I should be. But God's hands was upon me. I believe the only reason I'm still alive today is because God's hand is on my life. I believe the minute I walk away from God, I'm done. Proverbs 19.21 says, there are many plans in a man's heart. Oh, don't we all know that? Oh, we can come up with some great ideas from time to time. We can come up with some real beauties. But nevertheless, it's the Lord's counsel that will stand. It's God's will. If you submit to it, that's going to do it. It's not going to be your own. In fact, difficulties and sufferings, these are God's tools of his sovereign hand. He wants to shape you. He wants to see how you get through this struggle. How do you get through this storm? How do you fight this battle? Do you come out stronger or do you walk away and succumb to the flesh? Or do you stay with God? He challenges us all the time. He shapes us into the image of Christ. 
The Bible tells us in Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Well, you've all been called to his purpose. You may have a desire that this is what it is, but maybe that's not what it is. I'm thankful because God never changes. I can always count on him being the same. I mean, people I know are, they, they can change like people change socks. You know, I mean, they change their mind. I mean, you sit out here, you watch sometimes, well, where are we going to go eat? Well, I don't know. Let's go here. No, let's go there. No, let's go over here. I mean, they, five minutes, they change their mind six times. So, yeah, you're going to look at certain things. You're going to figure out this is my plan to get me through this battle. And God's going to say, no, no, that's not it. That's not the way to do this. So God never changes. In Isaiah 41, it says, who has performed and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am first. And with the last, I am he. God is saying, I'm there in the beginning. I'm going to be there at the end. I'm never going to change. But you all got, you all got friends in your lives, had people in your lives, acquaintances in your lives, you know, that just go by the wayside for one reason or another. Usually it's your views don't line up with their views. We've all had friends that like to manipulate people like to work for their own purpose rather than anything else. So, you know, that's the way it is. But God never changes. In fact, it's impossible for God to change. Amen. He cannot change. Amen. All the influence, I mean, we can sit down here. I mean, what are we going to offer God? Hey, God, I'll write you a check for a billion dollars. Change your mind. <laughs> You know, isn't going to happen. God's not going to go with it. God will never be any stronger than he is right now. He'll never be any weaker than he is right now. Amen. But we at times sit stronger in Christ. We at times are weaker in Christ. Yeah. Which is why we have friends, why we have fellowship, why we have Bible studies, why we have groups for people to encourage and keep each other strong. Because human nature will drop us. And we're all subject to failure. God never compromises on his values. What he values now is going to be what he values in 100 years. What he valued 3,000 years ago is what he values now. He wants you to live a righteous life. He wants you to live in pursuit of his holiness. Amen. But if you cling to him, his strength will sustain you. Amen. He will be there for you. Thank you, Lord. His knowledge will never increase or diminish. Amen. It is the same. He doesn't compromise. God doesn't have mood swings. 
Can you imagine if God had mood swings? Whoa. What's the matter, God? You didn't have your coffee this morning? You know, you wake up in South Florida with 18 inches of snow in your driveway. What's the matter, God? Here's your coffee. God never changes. This is why we can count on him. But his purpose is to give you an eternal significance, a place for you to dwell for all eternity. This is where he wants you. Psalm 33, 11 says, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart go to all generations. He's had the same plans for everyone that he has for you today. God's plans are never under unchangeable. They don't change. He existed at the beginning of creation. It remains the same today. But you are part of his plan. Each and every one of you are part of God's plan. He looked at you this morning and said, this is what I want you to do today. And he's putting that in your heart. Amen. Now whether you do it or not is whether you receive it or not. But if you receive it, you'll do what God has for you. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in that. God is unchangeable, unwavering, and so is his guidance. I mean, you're never going to go to God and ask God something and God say, well, let me think about that. Maybe you should do this, but maybe maybe you should do that. He's not going to be like that. He's going to give you a definitive answer on exactly how you should act exactly what you should say. His guidance is straight on. Amen. Psalm 18. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is the shield to all that trust him. He is your shield. He is your refuge. He is your strong tower. Just trust in him. God's principles for life never change. His guidelines are given in scripture. Produce fruitful lives. When you follow his ways, you will produce fruitful lives. Amen. Brother Chris is always talking about being fruitful. Produce fruit. You know, sometimes he talks to me, so I think I'm an orange tree or something. <laughs> God's unchanging word it equips you for what you're going to face. Because we're all going to face struggles. Amen. We're all going to face battles. We're all going to be involved in situations we don't want to be in. We're all going to have people at workplaces that we get along with and people we don't. And it's gonna be, how do we handle this? How do we do this? 
But you know the word says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. You have to keep that in your heart. God's word is the same. It's always been the same. His commands are timeless. What he said to people years ago when he said to Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. I'm going to, your, your seed is going to be as many as the sands of the grains of sand. You have the opportunity to be just as fruitful, just as designing, just as giving. If you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, be assured of eternal life. He's committed to your redemption, your spiritual growth, your eternal destiny. God is committed to these things. He sent Jesus here for that, but the whole story from Genesis to Revelation is about the redemption of man. Man coming back into the correct and right relationship with God. And the only thing that gets in the way is us. We're the only ones that keep us out of God's way. You understand if you're living in sin, God does not see you. For he sees no sin. So if you're in sin, God will not see you. The storms of life that we face are constantly changing. You can see that in the times today. I would have never thought I would see things when I grew up that I see today. I just never thought that we would get this corrupt as a society. You know, I grew up trusting that things come out of Washington were a little bit shady. But they're just downright liars. I never thought that you'd be able to stand up and say when you're six years old, well, I'm not a boy anymore, I want to be a girl today. Somebody had said that at the time I grew up, we'd have beat the living you-know-what out of it. The times they are changing, it's getting corrupt. Evil is spreading throughout the world. Look at people that are getting killed for no reason. It is just becoming evil. The world is becoming evil dark. But God can bring light to that. Because he never changes. The people got to go back after God. He has got to be our anchor. He's got to be our strong tower. He's, it says in scripture, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And believe me, he is. Amen. He loves you just as much today as he did yesterday. And when you when you've committed a sin and you've repented of it and you seek God's face, Jesus is quick to forgive you. Amen. And he remembers it no more. Amen. He remembers it no more. He made us all to go to him a new creation, a whole new beginning. We get to do all over. 
I mean, it's the same as when I was a kid. We used to play Harley. And you'd shoot somebody and you say, bang, you're dead. And they'd, they'd fall down and they'd go, one, two, three, four, new man. And they would get up and be new again and start all over. <laughs> Jesus said the same thing. Repent of your sins. Turn away from the wickedness. I will heal your land. I will hear your prayers. I will restore you. I'm thankful for an awesome God because he is holy. I will devote myself to him in worship and in service. Peter says, as obedient children, not conforming ourselves to our former lusts as in your ignorance. But he who has called you is holy. You also be holy in your conduct because it's written, be holy because I am holy. Holy in our conduct. God separated us. Christ called us out. He separated you from the rest of the world. He separated you from the rest of the people. And he said, you're special to me. I love you. I died for your sins. Amen. Be mine. Amen. Our God is holy. is perfect in every way. His moral excellence is absolute. His standard of integrity and ethical purity are there. God's supreme holiness is infinite. It sets him apart from all creation. Separates him apart from us. For we are born sinners. We fall short the glory of God. But he makes a way for us. If we meditate on God's supreme holiness, we cannot help but be overcome by a sense of awe. I stand in awe of him. I stand in awe of him. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 96, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Solomon writes, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of holy one is understanding. To fear God does not mean to be afraid of him, but to have a reverent fear, a reverent respect, a magnificent feeling for his greatness and his unlimited authority. The Bible instructs us to serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. God is awesome. Amen. His power is never ending. His wisdom is beyond reproach. You've been set apart by God. Amen. Each and every one of you. He's called you out. He's picked you up and put you over here. He said, you're mine. Your mind. Now you have to submit to that. You 
have to submit to them. It may mean changing your ways. It may mean changing things that you do, things that you say. I remember when I first got saved, I'm working in Miami and I got, now we moved our offices, I got a couple Christians, one in front of me and one on the side of me. You know, and they're, they're still here and I'm still, you know, we're talking, you know, I'm saved. I surrender my life to Christ, but I still swore, you know, tomorrow. I was still swearing. And my friend Miguel would always say, you have to stop that. You have to stop using those words. You know, just because you're angry at the customer, figure out another way. So eventually it stopped. But God is always working on us. He's always changing us. He's always taking us from glory to glory, as people have said from this podium before. We have to be willing to submit to, to who he is and respect how he is. You've been set apart by God, set apart, taken out of a sinful world. And now you have to reflect his beauty and his holiness in the way you live your life, Amen. in the decisions that you make. And sometimes those decisions are hard. I mean, we got people that get up at early in the morning and are here at 6.30 in the morning praying. That's a decision, that's a sacrifice they make to come into his presence. I ask, I will get up, I will be there. I will pray. They come in to intercede on behalf of the church and intercede on behalf of their friends, their relatives, their loved ones and themselves. They sacrifice. But God has set them apart. God is taking them somewhere else. God is taking each of you somewhere. But you have to seek his face Amen. to know exactly where he's going. Because you're not driving the car anymore. He is. You go, Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, here's the wheel. You go. And that's what we need to do. God's holiness in your life, God's power in your life, God's authority that he gives to you depends on your devotion to him. How much are you willing to give? How much time are you willing to go? I mean, I've had friends sit in churches for 20 years, never grown spiritually at all. They sit there the same way every Sunday for 20 years. Why? Because when they walk out of church, that's the last time they think of God until the next Sunday. When it, oh, it's time to go to church again. You wonder why they go. They're not seeking anything. They're not looking for anything more. You need to develop a hunger for God. If he's created a hunger in you, a desire in you, he's going to take you places where you've never been before. He's going to pour out revelation on you like you've never seen before. Amen. And he's going to use you as a vessel to do things that you never thought possible before. Amen. 
I mean, he's going to have people coming out of this body that are just going to, he's going to use to heal people, to deliver people. But it's going to require sacrifice on their part. God's going to use us all. John warns, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. That could be anybody. You may replace God in your heart with a person, a spouse, a child that's not right. God has to be number one. You might put something like a car or, or a job or the bank account or something before God. If you do, you're not there with God. God demands your heart. Amen. When you remain pure and faithful to a holy God, your daily decisions got to be get up in the morning, God, what would you have me do today? How can I serve you today? I mean, sin's, sin brings death and destruction, but holiness brings health and well-being. There is a difference. God wants you. He wants your mind. He wants your heart. He wants everything filled with holy qualities of him. He wants you to take everything. As your life is transformed by God, Holiness will come out of you. You will be light in darkness. You'll be able to walk into a place and people will know there is something different about that person. There's something about that person I have to have. What makes you so different? Why is there such a peace when you come into a room? Why is there such a joy when you speak? You have the presence of the Lord with you. And you can take him anywhere. Being holy, be holy in everything you do. Just as God told you to be holy. God guards his holy reputation. God's holiness demands exclusive worship. When they're up here worshiping, when you're worshiping at home, when we're worshiping by ourselves, we get into a presence of God. We seek his presence. Amen. It demands that. He disciplines believers to impart holiness on them. You know, God has disciplined people from time to time. He slaps me around every now and then. You know, he, he'll tell me that was wrong. That was just dumb. It was wrong. You know. This is what you should have done. And I'm like, oh, forgive me. Try to do better. You know, and then there's always a next time because he does it again. But his holiness is unique. <clears throat> 
His holiness is a standard for all believers. It's a standard for our behavior. His holy presence rejects impurity. No one else is holy like he is. And he deserves constant honor. God deserves constant honor. We must honor him in all that we do, in all that we say, in the way that we live. God is also absolute truth. You know, you hear things like, well, this is my truth. What's your truth? That doesn't work. There's only one truth, God's truth. Jesus said to the Jews, he said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He is absolute truth. It's impossible for God to be anything but truth. He doesn't lie. He doesn't tell you stories. He does exactly the same thing all the time. His word is always true. His promises are always without or hell. He always answers his promises. Not like us. Not like us humans. We'll promise something one day and just, it's gone. Well, did I say that? I didn't mean to say that. You know how it is. Oh, yeah, I told you I'd move. Oh, geez, no. <laughs> God is just absolute truth. Absolute truth. He's present everywhere. He knows everything. There's no reason for him to be any other way. I don't know, I'm wondering how God feels when he sees us do something that we disappoint him so. You know, I know there's times I've disappointed God. I know there's times that I've let God down. But he's never really come at me and said that, well, you really let me down, man. You really hurt me. He doesn't say that to me. Or he's never said that to me. But he lets me know I was wrong in my ways. But I don't know how much we affect his heart. I don't know how much we hurt him when we do things we shouldn't do. Jesus prayed for his disciples and he said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And the Bible helps us know and understand the truth about him. God also manifests the truth in the person of Jesus Christ when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus told us he was true, that his way was true. His way would abide. The prophet Balaam in Numbers came out and said, God is not man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he would repent. These things he will not do. 
For whatever he speaks, he will do. God tells you he's going to do something, he does it. His truth, his word. And God can guide us into that truth through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that he has given each and every one of us. The Holy Spirit that he empowers us with. The Holy Spirit that guides us, Amen. that comforts us. That's with us constantly. Jesus promises, you are my disciples. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth. Faithful to his teachings. When the truth sets us free, it's setting us free Amen. to live our life the way Christ would have us live. Amen. Not the way we desire to live. So many of us have lived in years of bondage, chained to different things. And Christ came and broke those chains if we surrendered them. We were in prisons to, to different things, different pieces, different idols that we worship different things that we worship. We were chained to them. And God set us free of those. God is an anchor of truth in this society, in every society. It's our decision to follow God or believe the lies of the culture. It's going to be getting worse. The culture is going to get even worse. God's truth is always revealed in his word. Psalm 86, 11, teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. You know, believers know that God is true. Eternal life comes by only knowing the true God. Even if all of humanity lies, God is still true. God is truth. God follows through on his promises. God's word are true, completely righteous. God's truth is everlasting. It's the same. God is the same yesterday, today, forever. Amen. He doesn't change. He is faithful and true. He doesn't lie. He's full of grace. God is righteous. Amen. He is righteous. He is righteous in all that he does. Amen. Ephesians 4.22 says that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that mean you may put on a new man which is created according to God, according to true righteousness and true holiness. This is what God has created. And yes, we were all in that place before. Mm -hmm. And we all have had the opportunity to change. And then though sometimes some of us, we fall back, we, have, we backslide, we have an issue. 
We fall back into sin. We fall back into the old ways. God is quick to pull us out if we seek his faith, if we go after him. Because God is awesome. We've got to be thankful for this God that we serve. Psalm 71, 19. As your righteousness, O God, is very high, and you have done great things, O God, who is like you? Who is like you? For God is righteous. He is absolute. And he rules that way. So let's just surrender ourselves to God. Let's chase after this awesome God. Let us be thankful for we have a God that treats us and separates us and allows us to live the way we would live. Amen. 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 Let's stand.